In Canadian folklore, the Ogopogo is a lake monster said to inhabit Okanagan Lake in British Columbia, Canada. Some scholars have charted the entity's development from First Nations folklore and widespread water monster folklore motifs. The Ogopogo now plays a role in the commercial symbolism and a media representation of the region. Okanagan Lake is the largest of five interconnected freshwater fjord lakes in the Okanagan Valley in British Columbia. Named after the First Nations people who first inhabited the area, it was created when melting glaciers flooded the valley 10,000 years ago. It stretches for 127 kilometers and has a maximum depth of 232 meters and an average depth of 75 meters. Okanagan has frozen over during eight winters in the past 110 years. The lake monster has mostly been described as being a serpentine creature with a smooth, dark skin with a large body, thicker than a telephone pole and being up to 15 metres in length. The monster is said to move at incredible speeds, coiling its body in vertical undulations and propelling itself with a powerful tail. According to Ben Radford, the Ogopogo is more closely tied to native myths than is any other lake monster. The Sekupenk natives regarded the Ogopogo, which they called the Nitaka, as an evil supernatural entity with great power and ill intent. In native lore, Nitaka demanded a live sacrifice for safe crossing of the lake. For hundreds of years, First Nations would sacrifice small animals before entering the water. Oral tradition often described visiting chief Tim Basket, who rejected the required sacrifice, denying the existence of the demon. Upon entering the lake on a canoe with his family, Nitaka whipped up the surface of the lake with his long tail and the canoe and its occupants were sucked into the bottom of the lake. The Nitaka was often described as using its tail to create a fierce storm to drown its victims. In 1855, settler John MacDougall claimed that his horses were sucked down into the water and nearly his canoe before he cut the line. Susan Allison's 1872 sighting was the first detailed Ogopogo account from a white settler. She was the first non-native person to live in the region, establishing relations with the native peoples. While driving on Highway 97 in 1968, Art Folden noticed something moving in the lake. He pulled off the road and filmed what he claimed to be footage of the alleged creature. Folden estimated that the Ogopogo was 100 metres offshore. A computer analysis of the footage concluded it was a solid three-dimensional object. Folden noticed something large and lifelike in the distance out on the calm water and pulled out his home movie camera to capture the object. A 2005 investigation conducted by Benjamin Radford with Joan Nickel and John Kirk for the National Geographic Channel TV show Is It Real utilised surveyor boats to find the actual distance of the alleged creature from the shore. They found that it was much closer to the shore than originally thought, resulting in a reduction of the actual size and speed. They concluded that it was likely a real animal, but that its size had been greatly overestimated and was probably a waterfowl, otter, or a beaver too far away to be identified. In the 1980s, a local tourism agency offered a cash reward for proven sites of the beast. Greenpeace announced the beast must be filmed and not captured. The Ogopogo was then listed as an endangered species. In 1980, around 50 tourists watched an alleged Ogopogo for about 45 minutes off a beach at Kelowna. Larry Thal, a tourist from Vancouver, shot some 8mm film, albeit for only about 10 seconds. Some skeptics have suggested that it was only a pair of otters. 
1989, John Kirk reportedly saw an animal which was about 10 to 7 to 12 metres long and consisted of five sleek jet black humps with a lashing tail. He believed it to be travelling at around 40 kilometres per hour. Another sighting in 1989 occurred in an area of log booms near Bear Creek where Ken Chaplin and his 78-year-old father staked out the area with a video camera. He caught what he described as a slim serpent-like creature measuring up to 15 feet in length, swimming around 75 feet from their canoe. The creature slapped its tail before diving, with Ken stating that if it had hit a man it would have killed him. Ken came back to the location a few days later with his daughter and caught the same creature again. The sighting was catalogued on magazines, newspapers and appeared in an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. However, after being analysed by local biologists, including Robert Lincoln, stated that they had overestimated the animal. Lincoln concluded it was a beaver by the behaviour and the shape of the animal. Chris Bull, who ran the local fishing department, would later state it was possibly meant to grab attention from the community. On July 24, 1992, Paul DeMara videotaped something or some things that were travelling just below the surface of the water at a fairly good speed, estimated at 8 kilometres per hour. A boat towing a water skier suddenly appears in the frame and the skier falls into the water near the object. Within several minutes, DeMara made two other videotapes, each showing what appeared to be multiple animals in the water. Benjamin Radford suggested that the creature was only several otters, and in 2005, FBI video specialist Grant Fredericks concluded that the object was very consistent with debris from a fallen tree in the water, noting that it was very slowly bobbing up and down. He also pointed out that the alleged creature did not react to the water skier, and the skier did not seem alarmed. In August 2008, a local photographer, Sean Veloria, and his girlfriend, Jessica Weegers, were sitting by the lake shore of Peachland as she noticed a disturbance in the water. Sean snapped one photograph, but his camera had died and wasn't able to capture any more. Sean never publicised it, but described it as having black hump-like ridges. Eight days later, south of the original sighting, Sean pulled his car over to look at the Highway 97 widening project and Jessica spotted another disturbance. He snapped 11 photographs of the unknown object as it was surfacing near a boat. One of them shows a tail or neck-like object surfacing the water while others show the back and head of the creature. Sean estimated the creature as being 5 to 6 metres long, estimated from the boat in the background. The photos were examined by many local experts. Chris Bull concluded it didn't look like any known animal of the lake and a biologist noted that the black-red texture was possibly a different creature or pollution. Members of the show Monster Quest also examined the photographs and found no evidence of tampering. The photos wouldn't be shown to television until 2009 on Monster Quest's episode Lake Demons. Valoria would end up making a little Ogopogo statue off of a plesiosaur. In 2011, a cell phone video captured two dark shapes in the water. A suggested explanation is that the video shows two logs. Bradford analysed the video for Discovery News and concluded that the video quality is poor and the camera is shaky, but a closer look at the 30-second video reveals that instead of one long object, there are actually two shorter ones and they seem to be floating next to each other at slightly different angles. 
There are no humps, nor head, nor form, only two long, darkish, more or less straight forms that appear to be a few dozen feet long. In short, they look a lot like floating logs, which would not be surprising since Okanagan Lake has tens of thousands of logs harvested by the timber industry floating just under the lake's surface. In September 2018, there were reportedly three sightings, one of which was described as a giant snake that was about 15 metres long. According to sceptical author Benjamin Radford, contemporary sightings of Okapogo were most likely misidentifications of waterfowl, otter or beaver, adding that the First Nation stories were not referring to a literal lake monster like Okapogo, but instead to a legendary water spirit. Sturgeon are often mistaken as lake monsters, but their existence in Okanagan is unclear, and there is currently an unclaimed $10,000 reward for concrete evidence of sturgeon in Okanagan. Benjamin Radford has pointed to water spouts as a likely source of inspiration for First Nation myths. Water spouts are fairly common in Okanagan Lake, often forming when air temperature drops and the lake still has a relatively warm air temperature. If you like that, then listen to our main show every Wednesday on all good podcast providers. It's Alive Alive, the really, really fake true crime horror podcast. All the guts and gore, none of the guilt. See you on Wednesdays.